Welcome back to Chip and Eric read the entire Bible to you in one day. Yeah, it's a new uh, <laughs> new podcast we're starting today. Uh, yeah, oh, that could man. be season three, maybe. But we're not going to read it in order. One verse at a time, randomly, until we hit all of them. All 1,189 verses of the Bible. Feels like we're reading a lot of it today. Like that's chapters. That's chapters. Yeah. All right. We are. We're going to read a big chunk of Scripture today. That's where that joke came from. Big shout out to Hannah for the enormous chunk of Scripture that you've given us. <laughs> and you were already Thank upset you, the last time I did this. So wow. I have a feeling I'm going to need to sleep on the couch. So if anyone wants yeah. to put me up for a night, oh. I'd really appreciate that. You have a nice couch. That's true. The couch is fine. <laughs> Micah has a bunk bed and invited Hannah to sleep on the top bunk. Wow. So there you go. So, Hannah, if you're mad at me, you can sleep on the top bunk of Micah's bed, and I will sleep in our bed. She might take you up on that. Hey, guys. uh, We're going to continue this story of how Israel ended up in Egypt. When Jacob heard that grain was available in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why are you standing around looking at one another? I have, he's such a grumpy old man. I have heard there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy enough grain to keep us alive. Otherwise, we'll die. So Joseph's ten older brothers went down to Egypt to buy grain. But Jacob wouldn't let Joseph's younger brother, Benjamin, go with them, for fear some harm might come to him. So Jacob's sons arrived in Egypt along with the others to buy food, for the famine was in Canaan as well. Since Joseph was governor of all Egypt and in charge of selling grain to all the people, it was to him that the brothers came. When they arrived, they bowed before him with their faces to the ground. Joseph recognized his brothers instantly, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where are you from? He demanded. From the land of Canaan, they replied. We have come to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, he didn't, they didn't recognize him. And he remembered the dreams he's had, he'd had about them many years before. He said to them, you are spies. You've come to see how vulnerable our land has become. No, my Lord, they exclaimed. Your servants have simply come to buy food. We are all brothers, members of the same family. We are honest men, sir. We are not spies. Yes, you are, Joseph insisted. You've come to see how vulnerable our land has become. Sir, they said, there are actually 12 of us. We, your servants, are all brothers, sons of a man living in the land of Canaan. Our youngest brother is back there with our father right now, and one of our brothers is no longer with us. But Joseph insisted, as I said, you are spies. This is how I will test your story. I swear by the life of Pharaoh that you will never leave Egypt unless your youngest brother comes here. One of you must go and get your brother. I'll keep the rest of you here in prison. Then we'll find out whether or not your story is true. By the life of Pharaoh, if it turns out that you don't have a younger brother, then I'll know you are spies. So Joseph put them all in prison for three days. On the third day, Joseph said to them, I'm a God-fearing man. If you do as I say, you will live. If you really are honest men, choose one of your brothers to remain in prison. The rest of you may go home with grain for your starving families. But you must bring your youngest brother back to me. This will prove that you are telling the truth and you will not die. This they agreed. Speaking among themselves, they said, Clearly, we are being punished because of what we did to Joseph long ago. We saw his anguish when he pleaded for his life, but we wouldn't listen. That's why we're in this trouble. Didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy Reuben asked? Now he says it. <laughs> but you wouldn't listen, and now we have to answer for his blood. Of course, they didn't know that Joseph understood them, for he had been speaking to them through an interpreter. <laughs> now he had turned away from them and began to weep. When he regained his composure, he spoke to them again. Then he chose Simeon from among them and had to tie, tied up right before their eyes. Joseph then ordered his servants to fill the men's sacks with grain. He also gave secret instructions to return each brother's payment at the top of his sack. He also gave them supplies for their journey home. So the brothers loaded their donkeys with the grain and headed for home. 
But when they stopped for the night and one of them opened his sack to get grain for his donkey, he found his money in the top of his sack. Look, he exclaimed to his brothers, my money's been returned. It's here in my sack. Then their hearts sank. Trembling, they said to each other, what has God done to us? When the brothers came to their father, Jacob, in the land of Canaan, they told him everything that had happened to them. The man who was governor of the land spoke very harshly to us. They told him, he was mean. Mm -hmm. He accused us of being spies scouting out the land. But we said, we are honest men and not spies. We are 12 brothers, sons of one father. One brother, brother is no longer with us, and the youngest is at home with our father in the land of Canaan. Then the man who is governor of the land told us, this is how I will find out if you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me and take grain for your starving families and go on home. But you must bring your youngest brother back to me. Then I will know that you are honest men and not spies. Then I will give you back your brother, and you may trade freely in the land. As they emptied out their, as they emptied out their sacks, there in each man's sack was the bag of money he had paid for the grain. The brothers and their father were terrified when they saw the bags of money. Jacob exclaimed, You are robbing me of my children. Joseph is gone. Simeon is gone. And now you want to take Benjamin too. Everything is going against me. Then Reuben said to his father, you may kill my two sons if I don't bring Benjamin back to me. Back to you. I'll be responsible for him, and I promise to bring him back. But Jacob replied, my son will not go down with you. His brother Joseph is dead, and he's all I have left. What a thing to say to your kid. Yeah. If anything should happen to him on your journey, you would send this grieving white-haired man to the grave. But the famine continued to ravage the land of Canaan. When the grain they had brought from Egypt was almost gone, Jacob said to his sons, Go back and buy us a little more food. But Judah said, The man was serious when he warned us, You won't see my face again unless your brother is with you. If you send Benjamin with us, we will go down and buy more food. But if you don't let Benjamin go, we won't go either. Remember, the man said, You won't see my face again unless your brother is with you. Why were you so cruel to me, Jacob moaned. Why did you tell him you had another brother? And the man kept asking us questions about our family, they replied. He asked, is your father still alive? Do you have another brother? So we answered his questions. How could we have known, he would say, bring your brother down here? Judah said to his father, send the boy with me, and we will be our, on our way. Otherwise, we will all die of starvation. And not only we, but you and our little ones. I personally guarantee his safety. You may hold me responsible if I don't bring it back to you. Then let me bear the blame forever. If we hadn't wasted all this time, we could have gone returned twice by now. So their father Jacob finally said to them, If we can't be avoided, then at least do this. Pack your bags with the best products of this land. Take them down to the man as gifts. Balm, honey, gum, aromatic, resin, and pistachio nuts and almonds. Hmm. Also, take, also double the money that was put back in your sacks, as was probably someone's mistake. Then take your brother and go back to the man. May God Almighty give you mercy and go before the man so that he will release Simeon and at least let Benjamin return. But if I must lose my children, so be it. So the men packed Jacob's gifts and doubled the money and headed off with Benjamin. They finally arrived in Egypt and presented themselves to Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the manager of his household, These men will eat with me this noon. Take them inside the place, then go slaughter an animal. Prepare a big feast. So the man did as Joseph told him and took them into Joseph's palace. The brothers were terrified, and they saw that they were being taken into Joseph's home. It's because of the money someone put in our sacks last time we were here, they said. He plans to pretend that we stole it. Then he'll seize us, make us slaves, and take our donkeys. Not the donkeys. Not the donkeys. 
The brothers approached the manager of Joseph's household and spoke to him at the entrance of the palace. Sir, they said, we came to Egypt once before to buy food. As we were returning home, we stopped for the night and opened our sacks. Then we discovered that each man's money, the exact amount paid, was in the top of his sack. Here it is. We have brought it back with us. We also have additional money to buy more food. We have no idea who put our money in our sacks. Relax. Don't be afraid, the household manager told them. Your God, the God of your father, must have put this treasure into your sacks. I know I received your payment. Then he released Simeon and brought him out to them. The manager then led the men into Joseph's palace. He gave them water to wash their feet and provided food for their donkeys. They were told they would be eating there, so they prepared their gifts for Joseph's arrival at noon. When Joseph came home, they gave him the gifts they had brought him and then bowed low to the ground before him. After greeting them, he asked, How old? How is your father, the old man you spoke about? Is he still alive? Yes, they replied. Our father, your servant, is alive and well. And they bowed low again. Then Joseph looked at his brother Benjamin, the son of his own mother. Is this your youngest brother, the one you told me about? Joseph asked. May God be gracious to you, my son. Then Joseph hurried from the room because he was overcome with emotion for his brother. He went into his private room where he broke down and wept. After washing his face, he came back out, keeping himself under control. Then he ordered, bring out the food. The waiter served Joseph at his own table and his brothers were served at a separate table. The Egyptians who ate with Joseph sat at their own table because Egyptians despise Hebrews and refuse to eat with them. Joseph told each of his brothers where to sit, and to their amazement, he seated them according to age from oldest to youngest. And Joseph filled their plates with food from his own table, giving Benjamin five times as much as he gave the others. <laughs> so they feasted and drank freely with him. When his brothers were ready to leave, Joseph gave these instructions to his palace manager. Fill each of the sacks with as much grain as they can carry, and put each man's money back into a sack. Then put my personal silver cup at the top of the youngest brother's sack, along with the money for his grain. So the manager did as Joseph instructed him. The brothers were up at dawn and were set on their journey with their loaded donkeys. And they had gone only a short distance, and they were barely out of the city. Joseph said to his palace manager, Chase after them and stop them. When you catch up with them, ask them, Why have you repaid my kindness with such evil? Why have you stolen my master's silver cup, which he uses to predict the future? What a wicked thing that you've done. When the palace manager caught up with the men, he spoke to them as he had been instructed. What are you talking about? The brothers responded. What are your servants? Or we are your servants. We would never do such a thing. Didn't we return the money we found in our sacks? We brought it all the way back from the land of Canaan. Why will we steal silver or gold from your master's house? If you find this cup with any one of us, let the man die. And all the rest of us, my Lord, will be your slaves. That's fair, the man replied, but only the one who stole the cup will be my slave. The rest of you may go free. They all quickly took their sacks from the backs of their donkeys and opened them. The palace manager searched the brother's sacks for the oldest to the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. When the brothers saw this, they tore their clothing in despair. Then they loaded their donkeys again and returned to the city. Joseph was still in the palace when Judah and his brothers arrived, and they fell to the ground before him. What have you done? Joseph demanded. Don't you know that a man like me can predict the future? Judah answered, Oh, my Lord, what can we say to you? How can we explain this? How can we prove our innocence? God is punishing us for our sins, my Lord. We've all returned to be your slaves, all of us, not just our brother who had had your cup in his sack. No, Joseph said, I would never do such a thing. Only the man who stole the cup will be my slave. The rest of you guys may go back to your father in peace. Then Judah stepped forward and said, Please, my lord, let your servant say just one word to you. Please, do not be angry with me, even though you are powerful as Pharaoh himself. My lord, previously as you asked your servants, 
do you have a father or a brother? And we responded, yes, my Lord. We have a father who is an old man, and his youngest son is a child of his old age. His full brother is dead, and he alone has left his mother's children, and his father loves him very much. And you said to us, bring him here so I can see him with my own eyes. But we said to you, my Lord, the boy cannot leave his father, for his father would die. But you told us, unless your youngest brother comes with you, you'll never see my face again. So we returned to your servant, our father, and told him what you had said. Later, when he said, go back again and buy us more food, we replied, we can't go unless our youngest brother go with us. We'll never see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Then my father said to us, as you know, my wife had two sons, and one of them went away and never returned. Doubtless, he was torn to pieces by some wild animal. I've never seen him since. Now, if you take his brother away from me and any harm comes to him, you will send this grieving white-haired man to the grave. And now, my Lord, I cannot go back to my father without the boy. Our father's life is bound up with the boy's life. And if he sees that the boy is not with us, our father will die. We, your servants, will indeed be responsible for sending that grieving white-haired man to the grave. My Lord, I guaranteed to my father that I would take care of the boy. I told him, if I don't bring him back, I will bear the blame forever. So please, my Lord, let me stay here as a slave instead of the boy and let the boy return with his brothers. For how can I return to my father if the boy is not with me? I couldn't bear to see the anguish this would cause my father. Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room and he said to his attendants, Out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and he wept. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians could hear him. And word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset, and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years and there'll be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and tell him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master over all the land of Egypt. So come down to me immediately. You can live in the region of Goshen, where you can be near me with all your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and everything you own. I'll take care of you there, for there are still five years of famine ahead of us. Otherwise, your household and your animals will starve. And Joseph added, look, you can see for yourselves. And so can my brother Benjamin, that I am really Joseph. Go to my father on a position here in Egypt. Describe for him everything you've seen, and then bring my father quickly. Weeping with joy, he embraced Benjamin, and Benjamin did the same. Then Joseph kissed each of his brothers and wept over them. And after that, they began talking freely with him. The news soon reached Pharaoh's palace. Joseph's brothers have arrived. Pharaoh and his officials were all delighted to hear this. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Tell your brothers, this is what you must do. Load your pack, uh, load your pack animals and hurry back to the land of Canaan. Then get your father and all your families and return here to me. I'll give you the very best land in Egypt, and you'll eat from the best of the land that it produces. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Tell your brothers, take wagons from the land of Egypt to carry to your little children and your wives, and bring your father here. 
Don't worry about your personal belongings, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. So the sons of Jacob did as they were told. Joseph provided them with wagons as Pharaoh had commanded, and he gave them supplies for the journey. And he gave each of them new clothes. But to Benjamin he gave five changes of clothes and three hundred pieces of silver. He also sent his father ten male donkeys loaded with the finest products of Egypt and ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other supplies he would need on his journey. So Joseph sent his brothers off, and as they left, he called after them, Don't quarrel about all this along the way. And they left Egypt and returned to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. Joseph is alive, they told him, and he's governor of all the land of Egypt. Jacob was stunned at the news. He couldn't believe it. But when they repeated to Jacob everything Joseph had told them, and when he saw the wagons Joseph had sent to carry him, their father's spirits revived. Then Jacob exclaimed, it must be true. My son Joseph is alive. I must go and see him before I die. So Jacob set out for Egypt with all his possessions. When he came to Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to the God of his father, Isaac. During the night, God spoke to him in a vision. Jacob, Jacob, he called. Here I am, Jacob replied. I am God, the God of your father, the voice said. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make your family into a great nation. I will go with you down to Egypt, and I will bring you back again. You will die in Egypt, but Joseph will be with you to close your eyes. So Jacob left Beersheba, and his sons took him to Egypt. They carried him and their little ones and their wives in the wagons Pharaoh had provided for them. They also took all their livestock and all their personal belongings that they had acquired in the land of Canaan. So Jacob and his entire family, they went to Egypt. Sons and grandsons, daughters and granddaughters, all his descendants. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Let's get in the wagons. Get the wagons. And and you know who else? The donkeys. donkeys. You got to get the donkeys. Yeah. Not the donkey. Two semi-ordinary donkeys reading an extraordinary book. Some amazing people. Yeah. With a couple questions in mind. Mm-hmm. Really, these questions, so last year, season one, it was like the questions were questions. Hard and fast. You know, this is more like questions that kind of get us talking about the text. So we start with these questions. These are our starting points. What's this telling us about God and what's this telling us about us? And then we kind of discuss about how we should live. So, Chip. Yeah. Get us started. Get the ball rolling. Sure, I'll get it rolling here. Well, um, Jacob prayed this. I believe he prayed this. Uh, May God Almighty give you mercy. Mm -hmm. So what does that tell me about God? God can give, has given, will continue to give Mm -hmm. mercy. So mercy's been defined uh, not getting what we do deserve. And, uh, and so uh, God is a giver of mercy. He doesn't give us what we do deserve. And so foundationally, positionally, you know, we deserve to die because of our sin. And if we've come to Jesus, you know, he, you know, basically dies. In, he does, not basically. He dies instead of us, takes that away, is our substitute, so that we can have forgiveness of sins and eternal life. So God is a giver of mercy. And then... What's it say about us? We need it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they needed it. Mm-hmm. You know, God could give it. He prayed for it. They needed it. And then how do we apply it or what, what happened? Joseph extended it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so this mercy really came full circle from God, you know, um, uh, through Joseph to the people. And so fast forward New Testament, God through Jesus 
to us, the people, yeah. mercy. And it's just a, a beautiful thing that we all need it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's kind of what I've seen there. I don't know if you've seen the same thing or. Yeah, um, I definitely see that. I definitely see that. I think, you know, so much of the book of Genesis can be wrapped up in God's promises. Um, God's promises to Abraham in particular. You know, and the Bible is really predicated on God's promise to Adam that one day a seed from the woman will crush the head of the serpent, right? But um, the rest of the Bible is about how that unfolds. And, um, you know, God's mercy in withholding the things that these brothers deserved for selling the brother off. And, um, you know, it, it does, it's such a picture of what happens in the New Testament. But there's the other side of mercy or the, the closely related cousin of mercy, mm-hmm. grace, yeah. right? Getting what we don't deserve. So mercy is not getting what we do deserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible says that our payment for our sins is death. Yeah. Um, but instead of, so that's withheld. We don't have to, that's not our paycheck anymore. Uh, that that we will die if we've accepted Christ by faith. Instead, we get grace, which is uh, the gift of God, eternal life, yeah, just you know, forgiveness. Yeah. And so I see mercy in this for sure. And then the other side of that, you know, a lot of the fake made-up imaginary gods in history have been merciful. None of them have been gracious. Only the true God is gracious mm-hmm. in giving these people what they didn't deserve, mm-hmm. all for his purpose and his plan mm-hmm. to make a great nation. Yeah. And why do we need that great nation? Because it's going to lead us all the way down the line to Jesus. Yeah. So very exciting stuff. And so how do we live? Yes, we extend mercy to people. Mercy to people who have harmed you. Uh, grace to people who have have lied about you, taken advantage of you, who have put you through the ringer. Um, yeah, we live that way because we've been given that. And on top of that, I also noted and recognized that it brought Joseph, the grace and mercy, brought Joseph to tears. Yeah. He wept. Mm-hmm. I mean, big time. Like, he woke up the whole kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's going on? Um, yeah, it, it really moved him to tears. And I was thinking about that recently. You know, our, our, our ministry, and specifically here, of grace and mercy towards others, you know, should, should move us to tears. You know, because why? Because it really reminds us what God has done for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it's we can do it because he did it. And uh, and we, sh- we should be motivated by it and extend that to other people. And that could be just what's needed to change your life. And we see that it did change the brothers' lives. They were expecting to be servants and prisoners forever, and they should have been. Mm-hmm. And we should be. Yeah. Uh, but what God did for us, you know, should move us to tears. And we should do it for others. Well, I've got that part down. I'm not a perfect man, but I've got the move to tears part down. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one cries that. like me. Yeah. Hey, uh, awesome. This is getting long. We love you guys. We're so proud of you. Uh, keep it up. Keep going. Don't quit. Check in with each other. Hold each other accountable. Find one other person who's doing the podcast and reading the Bible and just join up with them uh, and get on social media do the same thing. Yeah. We're almost done. Yeah, we're, we're so done. proud of you guys. Way to go. So day 14 has gone. Yep. That's two weeks. Day 14, two weeks. Wow. Yeah, day 14. Man. And you wow. have time to rush out and get yep. Chip a birthday present. <laughs> you do. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. We will see you guys tomorrow. All right.